0: Welcome to episode 9 of Breaking Español. Hola, everyone. Bienvenidos a Breaking Español. I'm your host, Jenny, along with my husband, Ben. Hola, mi amor. Hola. On today's show, we have moments from our week some more audio that we got out in the wild, and our segment, This Week I Learned. So Ben, you wanna start? How was your week?
1: My week was good. Um, There were a couple things I have to share, I think, that people might be interested in. The first one was when I was speaking with one of our uh, helpers recently, he's our landscaper. Jorge. Jorge, of course. He was asking me about replacing some grass in the yard or some, some other thing. And when you're standing side by side, so he, he's learning English, and he's probably as good as English as we are, good in Spanish. Spanish is his first language. And when you're standing next to someone, it was real easy to communicate with him. And then later in the day, he uh, texted me something, a question, I texted him back an answer, and he didn't get it. So he called me, and it instantly was, was apparent to me how much more difficult it is to communicate when you don't have that body language and that face-to-face interaction, hmm. uh, we were able to resolve it. You know, kind of getting down to the base level. He would speak in English; I would speak in Spanish. But uh, man, that that face-to-face communication, the body language, the pointing at things and is worth their lips. a lot.
0: I feel like sometimes I read people's lips too.
1: Yeah, I don't know if that helps because it's it's a different language, right? But. It's like, to me anyways, pointing and, you know, kind of yeah. gesturing towards things. You didn't things. have that. Yeah, without that, you're really... Do you
0: think he was having a hard time understanding you as well?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's why he called me. right? I mean, and we no, were... but
0: even on the phone, he was having a hard time understanding um,
1: you. You know, it wasn't... It, we were able to get through it.
0: In English or Spanish?
1: I would speak Spanish and he would speak English. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, because we're both trying to help each other learn. Yeah. And it's kind of nice because he'll repeat to me in English, what I think I said in Spanish. So I'll say something and he'll kind of repeat it back in English.
0: Oh, and then you go, no, 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 no. Just to
1: make sure he understood what I meant. Yeah. And then he'll say, okay. And then kind of go on from there. So that was, that was an interesting thing. And, um, I mean, yeah, I guess it just goes to that point of communication.
0: I think I've done some talking in Spanish over the phone a few times with our nanny, but she's so good in English that. I can, I know I always can fall back on that, but that is interesting. Like if you really need to talk to someone over the phone in Spanish, you don't have a lot of the things you can get away with or help, Mm -hmm. help you when you're talking. Right. So the hand signals, the gestures. And for me, by reading the lips, I mean like seeing how they're pronouncing things because so many words run into each other
1: Mm -hmm. when
0: it's your first language, you speak it really fast. And so sometimes I, I do well with just like watching how people are talking, but that's true. Sure. That's true.
1: Yeah. So the, the next thing that I thought was cool is I've been watching a show. I think I mentioned it before, but I've been watching it more recently is Narcos on
0: Netflix. Yeah. It, what's that show about? Cause I don't know if I watched that with you.
1: So this show is about Pablo Escobar in Colombia And I think it's what the late or early nineties, late eighties, early nineties, kind of when, uh, he was really big and uh, it's insane. I mean, cause it's a very factual type show. Um, They say some of the names and things have been changed and dramatizations or whatever, but they even show a lot of actual footage from those eras. And they talk about, you know, the narrator kind of prefaces things as, you know, here's what is in the show. Like they'll have this, you know, drama, somebody fighting here, and then he'll actually cut to a real clip of that stuff happening. Hmm. And it's just a great show, for one. Um, It's very violent, though, so you know, be warned if you're uh, adverse to those kind of things. Is it in
0: English or Spanish?
1: Right. Well, that's the deal. So there's an English-speaking DEA agent in Colombia. He's there trying to catch Pablo Escobar. But Pablo and everyone else is 100% in Spanish. And it is very...
0: And they put subtitles on it.
1: They put subtitles on it. I would say the show is maybe 50-50. Okay. It's about 50% English, 50% Spanish if you're trying to learn, it's not going to help you (laughs) because they speak so fast. And I mean, they're, they're acting right. And they want it to seem real. So it's not like a language learning show or anything like that, but there are a few words that you can pick out here and there. And I feel I've been able to, uh, just become more, my ears are becoming more accustomed to how people slur things and how pronunciations change. And, um, some things like that. So it's been, it's been really helpful. I mean, I really like it, uh, and it's entertaining. So it's kind of a fun way to kind of, even if you're not getting word for word, picking it out, just the kind of learning by osmosis, like, is it just sinking in what that sounds like and what that sound is, you know?
0: Yeah, that's so true. That's, that's cool because I think sometimes like Jane, the Virgin was like that for me, which Jane, the Virgin was like 80, 20, well, 20% being Spanish. Cause I think only the grandma really talked Spanish. But just those little bit that that little bit that she spoke in Spanish and then I got to see the subtitles, it reaffirmed words that I knew, but also just helped me get used to hearing it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then context is there, right? Like I already know the context. So the shows help. I think they're not only that, you know, by themselves is not going to teach you Spanish or Mm -hmm. you couldn't rely on TV, but it does help, huh? Like, in whole. absolutely.
1: So what about you? How was your week?
0: That was pretty good. It was a good learning week. Uh, I did the usual, right? Talking with Jack, um, watching our shows, singing our songs. I did work on learning the Itsy Bitsy Spider. And that one's been... Are you going to share that with us? La Pequena, right? No, I'm not singing that one today, but (laughs) let me get...
1: We need to do a whole hour of just you singing. (laughs) Oh,
0: my gosh. Never. (laughs) But um, one thing that was funny, there's a couple girls at my salon that um, they speak Spanish, but more Spanglish, which I kind of like. I think it's pretty impressive how they switch back and forth and don't miss a beat. And one of the girls, uh, they both have kids and I think they speak Spanish to their kids and their relationship is just coworkers. But one of the girls' moms um, watches her baby. So they have a lot of, they know a lot of the same people and things like that. So they can talk pretty fluidly through Spanish and English and about people they're talking to. And one thing I noticed is they kept saying, one of the girls kept saying, es verdad, es verdad, like very often to where I caught what she was saying, but I kept hearing that. And I knew that meant true, but I realized that she was using that in place for right, right? You know, right? And think how much we say that. Like that's a very, uh, would you say that slang? Like, it's very casual, like a very informal way to just kind of have a conversation and I liked it because those are getting back to those things where I have a very hard time with my new language being expressive or being very like casual or, or how I naturally talk. And so I thought S for Dad was a great way to be like, right, you know, you know? And so that was a way to make it sound a little bit more natural than casual. Yeah. So I, that was really neat that I kind of noticed that and I'm getting better at understanding them with them switching back and forth. and. I thought people usually um, did Spanglish when it was a word or a name. Like you wouldn't say blah, blah, blah and try to say Ikea. And, you know, in the Spanish accent, you just say Ikea. But they, there's even sometimes where they switch and uh, I'm not really sure why. Maybe it's just comfortable and when you know two languages, you just go back and forth.
1: Were these um, girls, did they learn them both growing up?
0: Right. They're both, they're both born and raised in... Um, I think San Diego.
1: So they're the kind of bilingual that they, in their brain, they don't have to think, oh, let me say that in Spanish now, or let me say that in English. That's they probably just, exact. Yeah. That's it's probably natural. exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah. And then another one, uh, which really helped me understand the receiving end of trying to understand a language. So we've said this a lot, how when we ask people, we'll ask them like, well, why do you say that? Or how does that, or, you know, why do you say it like that? Is that past tense? Is that this? and? We kind of put people in the spot, and it's kind of hard for them to describe it. And uh, we had a moment with our nanny uh, this week where she said she was listening to me and you have a conversation in English. I, you know, I usually talk very fast in English, especially to her. And she said she kind of at the when we were done talking, and we were just very much like I was leaving the house, right? Do you remember this? And so it was like, duh, 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 you know, just very like I wasn't really knowing someone was talking to or listening to us and so then afterwards she said what is though and I'm like what do you mean and she said though and I said I'm like all of a sudden I have to think back to what I just said to you and I'm like I don't even know what she's referring to but you know how when we're talking and you say even though or
1: you know what I mean though you know
0: what I mean though or um, I don't know though or you you have those over and over and over again she didn't know what that word was. And I didn't know how to, dis- I didn't know how to explain it to her. I was like, well, it me, you know, and I said, let me get back to you on that. And so we did, we looked it up and we were trying to find why, what it is and how to explain it to her. And it's, um, although it means aunque, or although is what I was saying. We shorten it to though, but aunque is the word in English or in Spanish. Am I saying that right? Onke? Okay, that's onke. That's yeah, aunque, aunque, Yeah. A U N Q U E. I don't know where the accent is in it, but Okay. And so, I mean, although means uh, in spite of, or the fact, in spite of the fact that, right. Although
1: it was sunny, it wasn't that warm.
0: Exactly. So once I said that to her, sure enough, she went, Oh, like she totally Mm -hmm. knew where I was using that, but it made no sense how I was using it before. And that was, that was so funny because you don't, if you're new to the language, you don't need to use that word to get your point across. So like, if she were doing caveman English, she wouldn't need to interject although or though into her language, like into her sentence. But think how much we use it, or I know I use it a lot.
1: There's another example, which we heard a lot in Spain was pues.
0: Right. Which, you, what would that be like for us?
1: Um. Oh, yeah. It, it isn't really a word that has a meaning. I mean, there is words that have those letters in it, but it's used as if you were just to say... Um like yeah. you, you kind of do it while your brain is. And they would do it. They would go say. you'd
0: say, Hey, where is that restaurant? Da, da, da. And they'd go pues uh right. and then turn right, da da da. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly like you don't really know how to break that one down and explain it, but mm-hmm. this one, luckily, we were able to. And then um oh, so something we got to go to we had a little out and about excursion in Barrio Logan, which is a an area of town just south of downtown. So I don't really know the history of Barrio Logan, was it? I feel like it was pretty separate at one time, right? Like,
1: Yeah, I'm not sure either, but it's a large Hispanic population. Yeah,
0: they've done a lot to really bring it to life. And there's a cool, there's Chicano Park down there, some mm-hmm. great restaurants. There was even, I know you guys looked at office space down there. So they're really trying to make it. There's some condos. And, yeah, it's about
1: maybe a 10 minute walk from downtown. Yeah, it's a few blocks. I mean, they're not the nicest blocks to walk through. Yeah,
0: yeah. And uh, it's in the... Right. And you can get to the bridge to Coronado from right there, too. So right. it's it's all really close. But yeah, we've been wanting to go down there. I know you go down there for lunch quite a bit. I go down there every once in a while to the market. But we went down there to go to... Um, what's the restaurant's name?
1: Las Cuatros Milpas.
0: Las Cuatros Milpas. And it's me. it means for the four... The four cornfields. Fields. The four cornfields. I don't know where they got that name from, but... It's a good one, but it's a great restaurant. Uh, Many of our friends know it. A lot of people from Yelp and out of town visit it. It has a pretty good little line outside of it, but it's authentic. The food's great. Cute little Hispanic ladies cooking in there. The little oldest lady ringing you up. And I loved how they were actually like making it. And there was a great, um, it's very casual too, right? Like, I mean, picnic tables and just a cheap little cloth over the top of it. And but they have that area in the back where they are working their butts off making flour tortillas and everything from um, rolling them, making the dough, putting it in that little machine. What did the, what was the machine called? Frontera? The Fortuna. Fortuna. F- Fortuna. Fortune. It was that, this little machine that created the, the balls of the dough and they pressed it. So that was pretty fun to watch. And we were able to kind of get some uh, some audio of us recording again. Why don't we listen to what we got? I think we have me ordering as well as you and maybe even a little bit more. Hola. Uh, Un burrito para mi? Con pollo. Pollo? Pollo. Pollo.
1: Gracias. Tres tacos de carne. Tres
0: tacos. tacos. Un puto, está bien? Gracias. (laughs) Gracias. <laughs> Mucho trabajo. Que rico. Gracias. Gracias, chicas. Adios.
1: So, yeah, what do you think, Jenny? You seem to be pretty impressed by all the ladies working there. I know you got some photos.
0: Yeah, I was. I, I I wasn't sure what to expect. I know you go there a lot, and you're like, it's just tacos, and I was kind of like, Ugh, I kind of want more than tacos. I want it to be. I want it to have like, you know, it look fancy and this and that. And but it was the food was incredible. And yeah. when we walked up, uh, I think because we knew we were going to be recording, there wasn't. You know, normally when we we order, sometimes it can be like very. You can ask kind of more formal, right? And you would say, I, I usually say like, "May puedes dar," which is is it can you give me?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I say, like, can you give me, you know, un, un taco con pollo, right? Mm-hmm. And there, just because it was so informal and so quick, I mean, there there's this line of people. I just was like, un burrito, por favor, uh, con pollo. And th- that's about all oh, it was, right? It. Yeah. Done. And so <laughs> it's funny because that's all that's all you need to get the point across, right? And they, know, don't, they really, they just want to know, do you want corner carne carne? And you were telling me that carne, I thought it only meant beef, but we were talking about last time it could be.
1: Right. So I had a, I had three pork tacos and they the pork is just carne. So you don't say pork to them. You just say carne. carne. And to, and at that place it means, that means pork. Cause
0: they only had pork. That's
1: it. So they've got chicken or pork and you get burritos or tacos. Yeah, they, that's the whole menu basically. And you walk
0: in, it's it's a pretty good little line, but it goes fast. You walk in and the ladies, there's about three or four ladies behind a counter and they're all at the cooktop, right? So they have the big pot of beans, the big pot of rice, and they have a big pot of oil for the tacos. And the burritos are easy because they just have the fresh um, flour tortillas are already made. So they ask you what you want. If it's a chicken burrito, then they have the tortilla. They throw that out in their hand and fill it with chicken, lettuce, and I think it was um, cotija cheese, so it's the kind of crumbly mm-hmm.
1: queso cheese. fresco.
0: Yeah, queso fresco. And so they throw that in there, wrap it up, and your burrito's done. And yours took a second more just because they they fold it in the taco they and they it. fry it.
1: Which is a typical or a very common norte de Mexico way of cooking tacos. Right, it, it's not that common here to get the soft tacos, right? Uh, that's like that's, street
0: style tacos, right?
1: Yeah, like street tacos, but then other parts of Mexico, very different. But you know, even some of our friends that grew up here that you know, right close to the border, they, they were saying whenever they had tacos, they were always fried. That's right. just like how they cooked them, it's just very common. So,
0: yeah, and they had um rolled tacos as well, which are fried, and there was a few tamales there. So, the menus, you know, not really small but it's sizable and then you just walk down they have a little row of salsas i think it was all the, the salsa was amazing which even though it was spicy like it's my kind of see i didn't feel like it was spicy. I know. you never think anything spicy though <laughs> sometimes i can handle some spice i just don't like spice where it's just burn mm-hmm. i want it to have some flavor to it and this one was really good and i couldn't even tell you what it was and it was definitely a red chili pepper but Mm. it's not it's not one that I get typical around here it did and it wasn't as tomato based it was very authentic yeah very very
1: like handmade I mean I guess is what I'm saying
0: yeah I wouldn't yeah exactly and so then we pay and then you can just sit wherever and we grabbed a seat right in front of where they were making the flour tortillas so that was fun just kind of watching them make Mm -hmm. it because I hadn't been there before so we watched them make flour tortillas down in um old town yep and they do it for kind of a show right because they're in like the window and all the tourists come through old town and even even though it's for a show and kind of for tourists like i still like going down there but this topped that that was it was these women were sweating they were working they were Mm -hmm. working really hard and fast and so that was really fun to watch all right so let's go into this week i learned you want to start it off what did you learn this week
1: I've got a few things. Um, one was something I learned, I, a word I learned from actually that show Narcos. Yeah. Uh, it's manda, M-A-N-D-A, and it means command or orders, which when I was watching the show, uh, you know, they were talking about Escobar's orders and this and that. But I was just interested because mandar means to send. Mm. And it's something that you'll often say, like, let me send you a message or I'm going to send something, whatever. Um, and to me, I thought that's what he was saying, but then I looked it up and it was totally different. So that was my first uh, this week I learned. All right, so the second one, also from that show, but I've heard this many times before. And I think when we talked about there were some Spain Spanish movies we had heard and we didn't know what they were saying, this is one of them. It was Que pena. Que pena. P E N A. And it means literally what a pity. But in the context, it's I'm sorry. And so oh. that's another way to say I'm sorry. Like oh, perdoname. Perdoname is like please forgive me. Que pena is like oh I'm so sorry.
0: Do you think it's more like, like less, less dramatic? Um, like like perdoname is like that's oh very, forgive me please forgive me. And then would you say me pena is just like I'm sorry like you know que when pena?
1: you. I don't know yeah we should we should follow up and find out if it's common I mean it seemed very kind of normal, how they were using it in the show. So I thought that was really interesting.
0: Yeah, that's a good one. Any more?
1: Yeah, I've got two more, um, and, and they're quick. One is picar, P-I-C-A-R, which means to sting. And in talking with our nanny, we were talking about how our son Jack is learning. He just learned how to crawl down. Um, there's a step from you know the patio to the house, and there's a little mat there. And it's kind of uh, uh, really hard and it kind of hurts if you put your hand on it. Uh, you know, it's for your feet, so it's whatever. And, and she was saying te pica, like it hurts him, like it, it stings when he goes on it. And so I thought that was a really interesting word uh, that I learned. And then the last one is a follow-up. So we have an answer, Say trata de, in talking oh, yeah. about, about, about something is used that is the correct way to to use it but it's only for books and movies
0: oh no way really
1: yeah so acerca de is about sobre is also about but i guess that's very uncommon people don't say that as much acerca de is more common when you're talking about something but if you're saying that movie was about it's se trata de
0: interesting so So, you were using se trata for a lot, All for over. everything, yeah. and I was using sobré for yeah. everything. Like,
1: I'm going to a meeting about X, whatever, yeah. and I was using setrata Se today, but day. that's not, not right.
0: Okay, perfect. Yeah, I just have a couple. Um, another word for, I learned another word for brown. So, café is the most common used way to say brown, the color. Uh, it also means coffee, café. But uh, in one of Jack's little baby books, it said maroon. M-A-R-R-O-N. So I think you're supposed to roll your R. but.
1: Marron. <laughs> Marron. Come on, Jenny. A-R-R-E. Say it.
0: Marron. No. I can. I always like i gargling.
1: A-R-re. You can do it. Come on.
0: Marron.
1: Hey.
0: <laughs> Anyways, that one's not common. Got the... I talked to everyone. People, people know it in other parts. Not so much Norte de México or Tijuana, but... Spain, in Chile, and places like that, they know the color, but café is mm-hmm. most used. Marron, not so much. Marron. <laughs> and also, well, thanks to our Instagram followers, we found, got some clarification on all the words for ball. So, you know, there's always a lot of, like, some words, there's multiple ways, just like, you know, like brown, like that one. And for ball, there's bola, pelota, and ballon. Um... And I kind of got the clarification why you would use one over the other. So I use pelota mostly for anything. So our son, you know, he has lots of little toys that he plays with. And pelota would be the one you would use for that kind of ball. Um, Bolas would be for the balls of something. So like at the restaurant today when they were making little balls of the flour dough, that would be a bola. And, you know, bolas de masa, you know, balls of masa, balls of flour, you know. Although that's how you would use bolas. Pelotas for any other kind of ball. And then Ballon would be for a specific type of ball, like Ballon de football, Ballon yeah. de basketball, Ballon, you know, so that would be the other way, which really clarified it for me because I didn't know when you would use one over the other. And that's about it for this week. I learned I did find a new podcast, which has some episodes about raising bilingual children. Uh, it's called Bilingual Avenue. And I'll throw that in the show notes, and I'll do a little update on that. I've gotten through a couple episodes, but there's some fun. There's people in there that are teaching their kids um, multilingual, you know, so maybe they have two Sp- two speakers at home. One speaks English, one speaks Spanish or German or something, and then they're also introducing a, a third language, which is, I feel like, encouraging for us because any day that I feel like it's hard teaching our son another language because it's not our – we don't naturally speak that language. We, we're just learning – I think of the people that are teaching their kids multiple languages and it's it's encouraging for me to realize that like they really do absorb it and even though it's a quite a a feat to do it, it's not completely impossible. So yeah, that was it was a pretty good learning week and it's fun to keep going. You got anything else today? Not a must. All right, we'll see you guys back here next week. It was so fun having you guys listen and that's all. Hasta pronto.
1: Hasta luego.
0: Hey, guys, thanks for listening. You can find full show notes and images from today's episode at BreakingEspanol.com. We appreciate you listening and would love to see you back here again, so be sure to subscribe now. We have new episodes weekly. Thanks, and see you next time. Adios.